what winners do. They don't they bend but don't break. Brad, I told you I was like researching that and uh the reason I haven't written anything on it is because there wasn't really enough that I felt good about to be like, oh, this is worth writing an article about. But um what I what I found is um there's a like a strong correlation between like red zone defense and just like overall defense defensive like points per game allowed stuff, which makes sense. There's also a strong correlation between just not allowing yards and not allowing points, but then the two together, zone defense and overall defense don't correlate at all. So it's kind of like either thing works. You can bend but don't break, or you can just be good the whole time. Both of them oh. are fine. That was what I came out. That was my conclusion, but I didn't feel strongly enough to write an article seems, about it. Seems kind of like common sense, but yeah. Yeah, like it's it's kind of one of those things where it's just like. Yeah, if 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 the other team just doesn't move the ball, they're obviously not going to score points. But if you do let them move the ball and stop them in the red zone, that that still works. Unless it's the Bears against the Panthers. off the NFL season where the Panthers will face the Dallas Cowboys at home. Really looking forward to that. I'm joined by Brad and John. Brad, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, thank you. And uh, John, how are you doing? Did you know that? I think this is like the second home opener we've had in like eight years. It, it is, like, yeah. We've only had two. Yeah. I feel like we always open on the road and close on the road. We're just, we're just an afterthought. Yeah, it seems that way. So that's 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 fun, and then I guess, in a sense, we're opening on the road again because we're playing the Cowboys, and they're gonna Cowboys fans are gonna take over Bank of America Stadium. Well, yeah, I mean, like we're Panthers fans are selling their tickets for like quadruple what they're worth to Cowboys fans. So I mean, I would do be, that too. To, to be fair, I would do that too. I mean, <laughs> me and John have talked about this in in our Slack chat. I'm sorry, Panthers fans, but if a Dallas Cowboys fan says, hey, I'll give you $1,000 for each of your tickets, I'm taking that deal every single time. If someone says, I will pay for the rest of your season's tickets for this one game, I don't I'm care what team it. you're a fan of. You, yeah. I'm, I will take my free season tickets. Yes, I am absolutely doing it every single time. You can be mad at me if you want for not respecting the culture or whatever. The game comes on TV. And, you know, sorry. All of us, all of us here at the 4th and Short podcast, dedicated to Scratch Reader and the podcast, but nah, F the Panthers, we're good. <laughs> I mean, like, my uncle's a season ticket holder, and he his seats have face value are like $40, and he sold them each for like $275. Yeah, I, like, that's crazy not to take that. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. like the Panthers, don't get me wrong. I like black and blue, but I like green more. I mean, it just money Clever. is more important th- to me than two tickets to a Panthers game. 
Or just like doing the insane my part. price that these these Cowboys fans are willing to pay for them. Now, you know, if it's just like if I paid a hundred bucks for them and they're going to give me a buck twenty five, I, I wouldn't do it. I'd sell it to a Panthers fan instead. But if they're going to pay me ten times what I paid for it, you're damn right, I'm going to sell it. It's fair. That's called economics. So the games. <laughs> and we play to win the game, so. We have yes. the we have um, week one debuting the North Turner offense against an NFL team in the regular season. Um, we obviously have some issues there on the offense with uh, guys like uh, Daryl Williams and Amelie Silatoli are probably going to be out. Um, I guess the biggest thing that going into this game that I'm looking at as far as the offense goes is the offensive line because that's you know, the most up in the air thing. So we know Taylor Moten is going to be starting a left tackle. What do we think about the right tackle situation? Uh, John, I'll start with you there. I have absolutely nothing to back this up, but I saw somebody say that Ron Rivera's answer when asked about Darrell Williams in like a, an interview kind of hit like hinted towards maybe he Darrell Williams will play, which really, I think I said I think I said it when it first happened, like four to six weeks or four to eight weeks or whatever, for those two injuries. And we're at five, I think, five and a half, something like that. Like it's not. I mean, I know that like him being three hundred pounds makes you expect him to be on the the long side of that, but like it's not unthinkable that he could come back from that kind of injury at this at this time. Like as bad as they sound, the recovery time isn't all that long. Times, but my knee a few times, and the first time it happened to me, I was able to play basketball in like two or three weeks. Like it's 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 not a tr- like it's super traumatic like long term injury. So it'd be cool if he played to answer your actual question. Um, yeah. If he doesn't, I have no idea what we're gonna do. <laughs> uh, I I don't even know is is the new guy the. Robinson is he the next in line to play? Yeah, I would guess or either maybe Boy like, Robinson or um, Brendan Mann could probably play tackle instead of guard. But other than that, or we'll the only do option like the, would... do the Trey Turner to right tackle and put yeah, somebody else what on guard. I was about to say the only other option we would have is kick Trey Turner out to right tackle, which is a bad idea um, because that weakens yeah. two positions instead of one. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you, so you think that uh, you so Brad, you think it'll probably be Daryl Williams, or do you think it'll be somebody else? I honestly think that it'll be somebody else. I know that Daryl Williams is practicing. I know that the the optimistic outlook is that he'll be fine, he'll be ready to go. But I think they'll hold him out week one just to be safe, because you know Ron Rivera likes to be safe, and <laughs> I I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, but I I think they'll they'll do the emergency option instead of putting Daryl Williams out there. I think we might see Corey Robinson play right tackle. Yeah, that's what I think too. I think that's why the Panthers made the play to uh, trade for him before he hit free agency. Uh, I think like the emergency, like oh crap, option there. So I could definitely see him being in there. I mean, he's one of the only guys on the team who has any starts at right tackle who's healthy right now. So yeah, a little concerning that we're, we're pinning any hopes on a guy that we, we traded for to, to, to pick him up before he got cut by the team. He was our, that he was well, on at the time. You're, 
you're you're assuming I have hope. That that wasn't what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm not see, the thing is, is, we we don't have hope. There's no way to have hope. He he's a former Gamecock, and as a South Carolina Gamecocks fan, I can assure you, having hope is a foolish endeavor. Uh, Corey Robinson is not very good. He is probably not an NFL tackle. He was a defensive lineman and that converted to offensive line when he was in college. And he's made of glass. Like he's hurt. It seems like every time he's called upon to play, he has a foot injury or an ankle injury or a knee injury. And I, he might not even make it to Sunday. Like he might get hurt tomorrow in practice. So, you know, uh, don't, don't misconstrue this as hope because it's, it's decidedly not hope. It's just dead cold logic is what it is. So just stating what we think will happen. No, I mean, yeah. And honestly, to be honest, I think that a, that Daryl Williams at 75% is better than Corey Robinson at a hundred percent. So, you know, even if he's not fully ready to go and even if it, it could potentially cost him the rest of the season. Playing Daryl Williams is the the best actual move for the health of the offensive line. I just don't know if they'll risk it. Yep. And then at left guard, we probably would be looking at what Greg Van Roten there. If Celotola doesn't the play, uh, that would be the hope, regardless of Celotola's help uh, or health. But I think it's Celotola's yeah, I mean- job if he's healthy. I mean, I think Ron Rivera has uh, pretty much handed him the job there if he's healthy. So, as I don't much to the chagrin of all of everybody. us. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Ron is the only person that sees any value in Amini Silatolu. Like, that's it. He's he's abjectly terrible, and he must have tapes on, on Ron. Like that's the only thing that makes sense because he's really not good at all. I don't know if it's just like in practice and like every time they do like one-on-ones, he just always wins his matchup and then just like can't figure out in the games or what, but it's just like, I just like, I think the perfect like example of a mini seal of tools when he had to fill in, I can't remember what game it was, but he filled in for one play and in that yes. one play he got steamrolled and like and just like tripped up another offensive lineman and got and Cam, Cam sacked got sacked then, for like nine, was, ten yards. Yeah. I was gonna mention and the he same punted thing. and then he like, Yeah. It's like that like that's the guy we're like, yeah, we we're set at guard. We got that guy. He's like Byron Bell, but playing left guard instead. He he spends a lot of time on the ground, you know. He he's so. actually worse than Byron Bell, if if that's believable or not. He the only offensive lineman I have ever seen for the Carolina Panthers that's worse than Amini Silatolu is Nate Chandler. Like, that's how terrible he is. I have never another, seen anyone worse other than Nate Chandler. And we have another converted defensive lineman playing tackle for us here coming up. So it's a it's a great great omen right there. It's good stuff. Um, so least, to get away I, from. Uh, well, I was going to kind of segue with that. The Cowboys' pass rush, I don't think, is worth fretting over. I know they have, what, Demarcus Lawrence? Is that his name? Yeah, they have Demarcus yeah. Lawrence and Randy Gregory. They have a decent pass rush. It's probably oh, yeah. the best thing about their defense, 
other than Sean Lee, who, according to Skip Bayless, is better than Luke Keekley. But for the six games a year he plays before, yeah, he gets for the six, for the, for the six the quarters, yeah, for the six quarters a season he plays. Um, but you know, yeah, they've got Demarcus Lawrence. He's really good, and that's the scary thing is they're going to line him up on our right tackle that we don't even know who that's going to be yet, and. I mean, it's almost going to be an express lane to Cam Newton. The only good thing about it is at least it's the right tackle and not the left tackle, so Cam can at least see it coming. Yeah, and I'm hoping Norv Turner does the whole, like, like we, uh, puts either Manhurts or Thomas out there. I think Manhurts will get some action out there and, and help. Yeah. But I think, I mean, other than that, like, if we can just, if we can keep it from, like, um, I'm blanking on everybody's names right now. Uh, what happened with the Cowboys on offense against the Falcons last year, where they gave up their left tackle gave up like five sacks single handedly on Dak Prescott. As long as we're not like that bad, I I feel like we can exploit their defense. I agree with that. If we if we can give Cam time. I, I think he could possibly throw for 400 yards. Like their secondary is a liability. You're thinking of Dequan Bowers, by the way. Yes, I knew it was a Clemson person, and that like has not has not done anything for a long time, and then just went ahead and sacked that got like matched his career total in sacks in like a half. But Agreed. as long as we're not that, <laughs> I'm saying as long as we're not that bad, like as long as Cam is able to like get to the back of his, to the top of his drop without getting harassed, at least occasionally. Like Brad said, we can exploit their secondary. The good news, too, is he's got some options on offense now, too. Um, he can drop it off to Kirsten McCaffrey in the flat. Uh, apparently, DJ Moore is going to be more is going to be way more involved despite his uh, <laughs> lack of You didn't want to say more. He's more involved. That was funny. <laughs> um, they have him. They have Torrey Smith. Like They have some speed where Cam can drop it off and let the guys run. It's Not Curtis Samuel, it. sadly. So, yes, yeah, Curtis Samuel. As much like as I criticize him, I was surprised he actually was listed as like the sixth wide receiver on the depth chart. Yeah, that surprised me too. As much as I love him, it should be Demir Bird because he's going to be the least used guy. He's going to be, uh, you know, punt kick returner more than wide receiver. So I was I was surprised to see Samuel that far down on the list. I mean, to be fair, I think Bird it, it, it's not saying much, but I think Bird has shown more to this point in their careers than Samuel has. But I don't know. It's just I, I would have expected Samuel to kind of get that spot by default, especially over like over at least Bird or at least Moore. Like I wouldn't have been surprised or upset if DJ Moore was listed as the, the sixth wide receiver. Yeah. Right. From what I from what I've read, though, all of them are going to be involved on Sunday, so mm-hmm. don't have to necessarily analyze the depth chart and take yeah. that too far. Well, but Curtis um, Samuel won't be involved on Sunday. Well, yeah, you know that whole <laughs> that whole minor heart surgery. Um, so, looking at the defensive side, um, the Panthers have a very good defensive line to combat. What from what I've heard of the Cowboys, I was talking with the Cowboys guy yesterday on their podcast i thought the cowboys had one of the better offensive lines in the nfl and he seemed to think that 
based on what they've been going through, that their offensive line is uh, maybe suspect right now. Yeah, yeah I they're think, dealing with injuries. They're Travis yeah. Frederick, their center, is dealing with some kind of um, disease. I don't remember what it's called. I don't it's remember a, what it's called either, but it's a, it's a disease. It's where a numbness like, in his hands and feet type deal. Like, he's probably not going to play on Sunday. He's yeah, not going to play for, like, a few weeks. Like, it's like for, it, for a it's, couple of weeks, yeah. His, like, central – his body's, like, immune system is attacking his, like, central nervous system. He's and, actually lucky that they caught it this early because it could have resulted in full paralysis. So, geez. hearts out to the Cowboys and uh, blogging the boys. I did tweet at them earlier today and let them know that Panthers Nation is with that guy because that, that really sucks. You know? It's called Julian Barr Syndrome. For those who care, do yeah. some do some research on it. But yes, yeah, I'd never heard of it or even knew that there like such a a thing existed. Yeah, that's a scary. Apparently, thing. in its worst stages, you can even have trouble breathing on your own. Yeah, I did so. see that. Like, it, yeah, your your well, basically, like your lungs don't work or whatever, or your your vital organs aren't like yeah, the muscles in your you can't contract. Yeah, yeah. So so. Real bad, it's, but glad they caught it early for him. It's crazy that they're like, oh, yeah, your your body's attacking itself from within. Uh, give us a couple months. He'll be back out on the football field playing professional sports. That doesn't seem to be the case right now. That just He's currently – he's back to free weights from what I saw earlier today. Yeah, but I mean um, like they didn't put him on IR or anything, which means there's – they're hoping yeah, they, he'll they be back They expect him to weeks. be back in less than eight weeks because they didn't bother mm-hmm. to put him on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But – But, yeah. For their offensive line, I I think like they kind of they're kind of riding that reputation that they got a couple years ago. Um, but with Frederick out, um, I don't know if Lyle Collins is that great. Starting right guard is a rookie, so it's not all. Who is their Who's their starting right guard? Uh, it's Connor something. He was he was a second. He was like a a, a draft pick this year too. And yeah, the, according to the. The guy I talked to with blogging the boys yesterday, he uh, hasn't been playing so well either. So he hasn't been. Yeah. So it's Connor Williams. Yeah. yeah so so Connor Williams isn't good. Joe Looney's not good. Their interior lines for sure not good. So and that happens to be where we're strongest. Yeah. You know, I tell you who could be an X factor in this game uh, is K1 Short. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Luke Keekley versus Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is the uh, the premier matchup of this game. Um, I have my mm-hmm. article coming out tomorrow, aka today. If you're listening to this tomorrow, um, that was my my <laughs> top pick was uh, Luke Keekley versus Ezekiel Elliott because Elliott's gonna Elliott's gonna be a focal point of that offense. I mean, Alan Hearns, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley. You know, they're not not none of them are really world beaters when it comes to being a wide receiver, and obviously. Jason Witten retired. Des Bryant's no longer on the team. So Elliott's going to be the at least the driving force of that offense, at least early on. So Keekly is going to see a lot of Elliott on Sunday, in my opinion. I said, I said in my defensive preview, if you guys think the Panthers are bad about running on a first down, just wait until you see the Cowboys. Like I looked, they, they ran the ball on first down 61% of the time last year, which is by, which was the most in the league. And I think the Panthers were like – third or fourth because like Jacksonville and Buffalo were up there too but 61% of the time they run on first down it's just and like like fun. it's a heavy dose of Elliot go ahead yeah and a, a fun little thing too um I don't really have any statistics 
back it up, but last year's uh, front seven was one of the better ones I've seen with Carolina as far as stopping the run goes. They were pretty consistently early on in the game just, like, getting guys behind the line of scrimmage. So that's definitely a strength for the Panthers, and obviously Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekley, David Mayo, they're going to eat there if it's, you know, regular one tight end, two tight end personnel with a running back running the ball on early downs. I think Carolina yeah. has the edge there. Like I know, I know the irony in me of all people saying that the, one of the keys to this game for the Panthers is stopping their run. But like Dallas is going to try to run the ball as much as they can, especially on first down. So if the Panthers just do do what we what they, we expect them to do, and that's bottle up a lot of those runs for little to no gain, like we get that puts Dallas in second, third, and long, and I, they don't have any weapons to like make the Panthers pay for being aggressive defensively. Yeah, isn't their best wide receiver is, Alan, Alan, Alan Hearns is their yeah. best Alan Hearns uh, their best receiver? I think yep. so, yeah. So Alan Hearns is their de facto number one receiver and yeah. I think Bradbury, no matter what question marks you have about him, is up to the challenge of guarding Alan Hearns. So Yeah. I know Gallup has looked good in the preseason. I think Cowboys people are high on him, but he's still a rookie wide receiver and other than that one that one year, rookie receivers don't really do anything. Yeah, so. I mean, like, their their depth chart shows that he's fourth. So, I don't know yeah. how, how similar they are to the Panthers as far as, like, moving receivers around and using different personnel packages. But mm-hmm. it seems like of, of all the receivers that we could see being a problem, I could see Beasley maybe just because I don't know how – like, Captain Munderland hasn't looked great in the preseason and – I don't really like seeing Luke Keekley matched up on small wide receivers in the slot. So a problem, but it's not going to be a, one of those like, Oh, Deshaun Jackson on Colin Jones type problems. So it would be the most captain Munderland thing ever for him to get schooled by Cole Beasley though. Like you have to admit right. that <laughs> it is. Cole Beasley's Cole Beasley's going to finish the game on Sunday with like 12 catches for 56 yards. Yeah. And 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 probably their one touchdown that they yeah. get, or you know, yeah, something like that. Um, At least passing, I should say. I and then like the other thing I alluded to in defensive preview is like I know we like to do the whole bend but bre- don't break thing. It makes no sense to do that against the Cowboys because the only way they really score is by methodically moving the ball down the field and then punching it in from the red zone. So I think it would be best for us to just not let them get to the red zone. Like we said, there's no big play threats there. They had the fewest amount of 15-yard passes in the NFL last year. Like, and replacing Des Bryant with Alan Hearns isn't gonna just like vault them up the uh, the rankings in that regard. So just like you know, be a little aggressive for once. Yeah, Alan Hearns wasn't even that. He was good for like one year with the Jaguars, and then like Marquise mm-hmm. Lee came on and uh, Keenan. Robinson, I think it is, or Keelan, no, Cole. Keelan, Keelan Cole came on for yeah. them, and uh, he he really didn't do much last year either, even with Allen Robinson hurt. So yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a plus matchup for the Carolina defense. So it's gonna, I think it'll it's gonna come down to what the Panthers' offense does. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of the Panthers a couple of years ago after we lost Steve Smith and how we tried to rebuild our our wide receiver group with a bunch of number three wide outs mm-hmm. and, an know, just, and, and an offensive lineman and an offensive. Yeah. So I, I think that 
Hearns will probably get most of their targets. So, like, if you own him in fantasy, it might be a good idea to play him because they literally have nobody else to throw it to except for Cole Beasley. But I, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to really, really hurt the Panthers. Yeah, the much. offense. If the offense takes care of the ball and doesn't just go like three and out repeatedly, like I, the Cowboys aren't. There's no way they're like the the Panthers defense should let the Cowboys crack like 20 points on their own volition, like without the Panthers offense setting them up with good field position or direct scoring that way. Yeah. Right. right. So segueing into scoring, um, what do we think the final score is going to be? Brad, I'll let you start with that. I think that it's going to be a 24 to 14 Panthers win. Uh, it's, it's, is, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Any, Go ahead. Uh, I didn't know if Brad was going to allow. Um, I will say. Oh, he didn't ask me to elaborate. He just asked me what I thought the score was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I, I, have to, I have to drag everybody through with this podcast. My bad. That's anyway. not true. We've survived without you once. Um, <laughs> I'll say 28 to 13 um, Panthers. Uh, yeah. I don't have much to elaborate either. So go ahead, Brian. What's your what's your score prediction? Fourteen ten Cowboys. That's not because true. Because I no I I legitimately am worried about the right tackle position and Norv Turner's offense is very much predicated on down the field passing and I'm very worried about pass protection. Also, I'm a pessimist and you guys know this and I'm a little superstitious. So I like to pick it against the Panthers because I'm pleasantly surprised if they actually win. So, not, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. A little yeah, stitious, yeah. Exactly. That said, you know, Luke could pick off two passes and put up 14 points for the team, and that'll be all they need. So, who knows? I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I, I'm on the more offense with Cam Newton at quarterback and Christian McCaffrey at running back and Greg Olson and the, at least, semi-decent weapons we have a wide receiver putting up 10 points against the Cowboys defense that's like they're not terrible but like they're not holding uh you know respectable offenses to 10 points I know the tackle position is bad but a lot of teams a lot of good offensive teams have bad tackles we have to remember though if, if uh the Panthers lose we look less bad because at least one of us was right where if we all pick that the Panthers are going to win we all look bad if they lose. So that's, that's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring credibility right. to this podcast, you take, John. You're just taking one for the team and just, just, yes. just being a different voice. So somebody's right. So the podcast is never 100% wrong. Exactly. Got to be the contrarian, as you said earlier. So, yes, yes. And, and you proved me right again. God. Um, so do we think any of the Cowboys quarterbacks are going to be dabbing this weekend with the with broken collarbones at all? Just curious. Wait, what? Dabbing. I know a dabbing. I know that, but what are you, who's who's breaking you, collarbones? You never saw that meme. You never saw that meme where it said who did the dab better with Cam Newton dabbing and Tony Romo on the ground with his broken collarbone. <laughs> no, times. I never. No, I never I, saw. I, I, I don't look at memes, so <laughs> we don't subscribe to memes daily like you do, Brian. 
I'm just trying to keep this 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 whole operation up on the meme game. I mean, that's that's a untapped potential for this for this sports podcast. So, um, but yeah, any, any... <laughs> that's 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 really what we need to get into as a podcast is just verbal memes. It's just explaining memes through a, a vocal medium. Hey, you never know, man. We got to change the podcast game up somehow. Got to really. Uh, gotta I'm I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts. There's not another podcast out there that verbally explains memes to people who can't see them. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure we would be we would be breaking into that market. <laughs> I listen to a podcast where they'll every now and then they'll break off and do a couple verbal memes, but I will gladly do that. I know you will for all your sake. Um, just a little, a little behind peek behind the curtain for the audience. Um, we have a Slack chat where we, us CSR contributors discuss things with each other. And the majority of Brian's contributions to this chat are just randomly popping in with memes. Sometimes that in an, in, that in an incorrect opinion about sandwiches that we're not doing this. Brian we're not doing just this. dominates, but dominates the chat with like trendy internet arguments. Memes and trend in Twitter fights. I gotta keep these guys up in the game, man. Like, we don't want to be we don't we don't want to be the guys who are waiting six years to release a diss to, when when uh someone comes at us, you know, like Eminem. I'm not trying to wait yes. six years and release an album to to get back at that. I'm trying to be up in the times. Keep us keep us modern. Keep us relevant. Be appreciative, Brian. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, Very much. <clears throat> Any lasting thoughts? Any any last comments we want to make before we uh No take this off? No? Okay. No. <laughs> Straight no. Um You were struggling with that question. I thought it'd help you out. Just go ahead and answer thank it for you. you. Appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um I was looking for the right word for like end the podcast that wasn't just end the podcast like Kurt Tail or something like that. But anyway, um well yeah, from all our podcast fourth and short um we will enjoy watching the game on sunday stay tuned and uh follow along with us on twitter and facebook to you know keep up on the game we'll we'll deliver some nice some nice jokes some uh some coverage here and there uh we'll have the monday morning optimist on monday along with our random evaluations going into week two so and obviously we'll have another podcast for you next week so from all of us here at the Fourth Shark Podcast, this is Brian, joined by Brad and John. Appreciate all you listeners. You guys have a good Sunday and a good week one. See you. Later. Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff. And he scores. Avoiding the Dolphins behind the line is finish and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps. Lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shovel pass for Caffrey. Touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart, and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know. It is good, and Carolina gets a road win in New England.
there's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.